Welcome back to the Poppin' the Man podcast. I'm your host, Jay. With me today, I have my always loyal co-host. I have Cord with me. What's up, Cord? How you been? How you been? Chaos is a louder. We have the number one. Under the sun. We have the number I don't know how you took Cam's bit, but we got Cam, we got the number one Suns fan in the nation. We got Cam with us today. What's up, Cam? Hey, man, y'all already know what it is. Suns Nation. R.P. Chadwick Boseman. Wakanda Forever. Man, don't Wakanda Forever. Serious, man, I got to be serious. Yeah, my hands look mad, peel. <laughs> and then we have the one, the only. We have DeLon with us today. How's it going, DeLon? It has gone fantastic. Just wanted to let y'all know the Timberwolves chose not to go to the bubble originally because they knew it was a bad idea. It wasn't because of their record. It's because they respect black people. Um, so shout cool. out to all you sellouts. That went to the <laughs> it wasn't Damn. because it wasn't because of their record. Shout out to all of you sellouts that went to the bubble. Ad- Adam Silver Damn. sent them an invite in the mail, and they said, "Nah." That's <laughs> <laughs> what you telling me? No, let the songs go. for a minute. Weren't, weren't they like the only team that didn't release a statement too, or were like, or were they the first thing? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, if we talk about things that happened early in the summer, they were the first team to release a statement. Okay, okay. They were the first team. It was one or two. Don't forget, y'all didn't have a choice. That's true. And you know what we do? We give you our takes on basketball, music, and everything in between. The only announcement that we have before we get into the show is that we have merch. Merch is back. We have now started selling our t-shirts. Um, they come in black, red, gray, white, and blue as of right now. They will be, if you are interested in getting a, t- a t-shirt, DM <clears> us. <throat> on twitter at podcast demand and you dm us your shirt size preferred color that you would like your shipping address and mix up cash up we got it on lock and your name we'll need your name your government name your government name so that we can actually ship it to you promise you we're not trying to steal your identity promise you we're not trying to um <laughs> expose you on twitter like this guy's name is shelbert and like we ain't gonna do that much. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I've been bumping that TJ X6. I'm feeling a little different. I ain't gonna hold you. Cord, Cord is not involved with this process. You're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not be afraid. <laughs> so, like I said, if you're interested in getting a T-shirt, DM us at Podcast Demand on Twitter. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment. You know the whole jazz, the whole business. If you're listening to this on streaming services, make sure you check us out on YouTube at Popular Demand Podcast. So. Let's go ahead and get into the show. We've done, we've done introductions. We talked about the merch. Now I want to talk to you guys about the NBA strike. As we all know, um, the playoffs paused earlier this week. I want to say it was Wednesday when it happened. I might be mistaken, but it was Wednesday when the Bucks refused to come out to the court against the Magic. And uh, they pretty much staged a protest where they didn't play and they refused to leave until they were able to get the governor, I believe the governor, of the um, state of Milwaukee on the phone. And uh, they're basically pushing for a bill that had been, I think it was put on, it was basically shells. Basically, the government there had a bill that was supposed to address police brutality. And Congress there put, put the bill on hold and they went on vacation for like two or three months. The Milwaukee mm-hmm. Books wanted them on the phone, wanted them back in session, and wanted them to actually work on passing the bill at hand rather than, you know, because like people, there's, there's a lot of things going on. So basically this was all spurred by the shooting of Jacob Blake. I believe that's his name. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Who did survive the fatal shooting with a police officer, but I don't believe the police officer has been arrested either. And I don't believe he's been, I don't even believe he's been fired. If I'm, I might be mistaken. He might be on failure, most likely. So most he, likely. So the, like I said, the Milwaukee Bucks, End up staging a protest, which led to all the other teams not playing that day, which then led to a players meeting that happened that night, which then led to a whole lot of drama. That I'd rather not talk about the drama because that doesn't that doesn't serve us any good. But I would like to ask you guys: Do you the NBA is now back? They're going to start. They're going to resume play today on Saturday. Uh, they, bas- they basically took two days off, or they refused to play, but then they came back and agreed that they they should play. Guys, should the NBA have returned, or should they at least stay gone for a little while? Uh, well, I look at it like this. I'm glad they got it together, but in that moment, you know, we was on my. I was like, I'm very discouraged. 
I'm a little shocked. I don't know what they got going on. Because I'm going to say this. When you stop playing basketball because of the coronavirus, and then the protests and all that go on, and then everybody decide we're going to come back to the bubble, I felt like that was going to be a final decision. And for the Bucks to not play, and they don't inform everybody, it makes the league look, you know, for the longest, the NBA's look super united. Like, whenever they make a decision, everybody pitch in. Like, we're going to do this, that, and the third, and it works out. So, when the Bucks did it, I think it was bad. Like, I respect them for doing it, but I wish they would have told every team. So, every team could have been like, we not playing for, for a week, or we not playing for the next two, three days. And you, you, you like, 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 I wish it would have been that way. But, results is results. So, since they got every team and all the owners, like, what is it like voting registration centers inside the NBA arenas or something like that? Yes. Like, like, yeah, like, yeah. I really rock with that. Even though I think it could have been done better, I'm still, I'm still happy about the results. But I'm like, with the NBA media, I ain't rock with y'all, fan. Y'all niggas turn to love and hip hop. Y'all turn into Big Brother and the Bachelor. Y'all got real messy. Y'all got too messy for me. And that's how you know it's messed up. But I'm glad that all the players, they saw they, they resolved their differences. They all sat down at the table like bosses, did what they had to do. And they worked on what really matters, which is, you know, getting laws passed and, you know, getting that man up out of you. See, the, the way I see it, I think it was, I think they're okay to go back to playing because, well, the Bucks specifically, their demands were met. Um, yeah. So they are going to be voting on that bill. Um, now, will it get shot down? Probably. Um, yeah, yeah, but their demands were met in that regard. Um, another thing is, what was that other thing? Another thing is, I do think that the more that teams and players rebel against the NBA, the better it does look for the NBA. Because we have all of these leagues that are so oppressive, won't let you do anything, won't let you talk, wear whatever. Um, NFL. The, the NFL. Um, the more that the Bucks do whatever the fuck they want, and then 20 minutes later, Adam Silver's like, yeah, I feel you, go ahead. I think that actually <laughs> makes the NBA look better <laughs> than, than a Roger Goodell and all these other teams. Yeah. Where you can't do anything at all. Yeah. And I will say the books, I don't think they're – like they said earlier before that players meeting even happened, I've never seen a report saying that the, that the books are not against the playoffs resuming. They felt that way before they even went into the meeting. I think that their idea was, hey, we, like us, the team, can protest our game and we can get something done here in Milwaukee. Like we can make a difference here in our home state. I don't think yeah. – in their minds, which, you know, they, they side is all pregame. They started in that moment George Hill led the idea <clears> – <throat> They didn't think to themselves that, oh, by us forfeiting and by us protesting, it's going to put, everybody pressure. Else look crazy. It's gonna put yeah. pressure on everybody else to protest because they you know, they would look bad if they went ahead and played. So they didn't think that far ahead. So that's why when the meeting came at night and people and people was wishing, learning why the Bucks wanted to continue playing, it was like, well, we always wanted to play. We just thought protesting that one game would be a very good idea. And it turns out it was effective because they ended up getting um, Congress back in session. And they ended up working on that bill again, what he said, which might get shot down. But they also led to us getting these voter uh, registration centers set up inside the um, the NBA stadiums. So that was good that came out of this, even though the, the pause was minute. As a basketball fan, I'm glad the playoffs are back. But I will say that I think they should have taken longer off. Um, should have been a week. It should have been a week. Then again, that's a long time to not be playing basketball and be trapped in a bubble. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. that's about yeah. as well. And then for what... For what reason would they be taking off if not for going for specific goals to be met? I mean, taking right. time off of the NBA just to take time off to say we're not playing. I mean, if that's what they feel like doing, I'm not going to bash them for it. But yeah. I like how they went into it with the very specific goals. We're doing this, this, and that. I'm not kidding. <clears throat> but, you know, they can do what they do. Um, another thing is, if they would have told everyone else, hey, we're not going to play, like, way beforehand, then that probably would have caused, like, some players meeting. And then anonymous evil NBA players would have probably yeah, tried true. to stop that from happening. So probably, speech. yeah, so probably the impromptu thing that pressed them to do it was probably the best thing that could happen. Probably wouldn't happen without it. That's, that's, a, great, that's a great point, DeLon, as and, well. And, and the thing I can really appreciate this from a basketball perspective and from a you know activist and social justice perspective is that every other team in the first round other than the Milwaukee Bucks swept their opponents. Made it to the second round. Milwaukee Bucks not only had lost one game, but also, I mean, they they were willing to forfeit that game. Yeah. So there's a, so there's a possibility that they could they could be like three two in this series right now. 
if the, <clears> if the Magic hadn't agreed, if the Magic had said, nah, we're going to go out here and play. Like, granted, I doubt that would have happened. But the fact that they were willing to put their game on the line, put their season on the line, and prolong their series even more than it had been, uh, just shows the willingness and the extent that these players are willing to go to for the causes they believe in. Now, something that I do feel like, and I feel like this is something that happened earlier on in the bubble, and we kind of got away from it, is that we took, we were taking every every interview that we were taking from the uh, halftime interviews to the in-between quarter interviews, post-game interviews, every time one of those interviews was being conducted, we were asking some type of question about social justice, about some type of change that we want to see made. And I feel like we were kind of getting away from that so, I mean, I feel like this is kind of a reset. And yes. I feel like this is like, all right, we were kind of getting away from what we were working on. Fans were getting used to seeing the Black Lives Matter jerseys, used to seeing the Black Lives Matter on the court. Like, it's to mm-hmm. a point where they were kind of becoming numb to it and kind of, it was kind of like not really, not really yes. what, uh, not really being as effective as it was. So now we can get back to the point we can continue to make the, <clears throat> continue to make the fight and we can continue saying, all right, what, what do we want to see change? To your point, Cam. I had become, I think I had become pretty numb to the things that the NBA was doing. And I found what Chris Webber said, Kenny Jet Smith walking off set. I found those things a lot more impactful, a lot more powerful. Like they really like reached out, like they really touched me, really spoke to me more so than anything I had seen in like the previous week of the NBA playoffs. <laughs> also to like what Corey said, um, Doc Rivers speech as well and his monologue and a post game interview. Like those things, they felt they felt a lot more genuine with them what had been really going on day to day in the playoffs. And I think it was it was a good reset in terms of reminding everybody why they, they are there in the bubble or reminding everybody why they're doing the things they're doing. So like I said, I like I said when you mentioned earlier, Delon, you, you know, I what's the point of like stopping just for nothing? I wish they had came up with some more action items that they really wanted demanded. And they could have demanded those things, like even like uh, put pressure on the government or even like a police station to like fire that police officer if he has been <clears> fired, or even like get him arrested for the um for shooting that guy and they you know, use lethal force and things of that nature. But you know, like I said, you know, and, this, is, this is a step in the right direction. I do believe they did get some action done, and they could just continue this going forward. But uh, you guys don't have any other points on this topic. Oh wait, salute to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. One, Big salute to Michael true, Jordan. The one and true goat. He he deserved that salute for a couple years now. For a yeah, couple yeah, yeah. years, but we we get our Michael Jordan jokes off. But he he's been on the right side of history for he at least five years. He step up. We need him to. Yeah. He step up. We need him to. And also, <laughs> salute to the owners. But at the same time, y'all mean to tell me y'all could have been did this? Y'all just ain't never ever thought to help. Like, like you mean to tell me y'all could have been calling you politicians up from the jump, and then now y'all like, oh, we always want to like, like y'all waited until pressure was applied to be like, oh yeah, we can help our black people. And that's and that's why and that's why an extended break where the owners' pockets were really hurting, they probably been thinking like, oh, what else can we do? What else can we do, for yeah. y'all? You know, to get them back on the court. But yeah, Man, shout out to rich. Shout and out to their pockets ever really hurt. Yeah. I'd like, yeah, to, I'd like to believe that there's some owners who do their contributions. I'd like to believe that Steve Ballmer does his job. Okay, I mean, um, he's to been the, an owner for what, three, two, three years? Like, yeah, I was talking about the folks that have been here by 10, 15, 20, 25. No, very select uh, owners, very select uh, According to the players, Steve Ballmer has been doing a lot of social work and, yeah. the, and you know, philanthropy and things of that nature to try to, um, you know, battle these things. He's he's spoken out on police brutality multiple times, too. Like, he, he made a yeah, Twitter thread about it. This wasn't his first time speaking on it. But you still got to apply pressure, you know, make them guys do mm-hmm. things. Um, MJ, salute to Mark Cuban too. Also, salute to MJ, like you said, because he's been on it ever since Kareem called his ass out and said that, uh, and brought up the Republican buy shoes line by him. And, uh, you know, he chose uh, consumerism over conscious consciousness. I believe that's what uh, Kareem <laughs> said. Kareem said that. I thought that was Umar. No, no. Oh, yeah. Kareem did it too. <laughs> Kareem said it too. That's that was so funny watching it. I was like, wait, Doctor Kumar. I was like, is this what Kareem got? I mean, I'm not Kareem. This is this is what Doctor Umar got this from. He got this from Kareem. But but let's let's move and, on. Oh, what you got, Cam? Before we go I was about on. to say no. The last the last thing I was going to wrap up. I know Jordan. You said that you wanted to see more action and stuff done. Well, if we uh, if we look at other other teams and other like other sports have walked out as well. And something that I really liked is what the Baltimore Ravens did. 
what they did was they made they a, a statement. statement. Yeah, and, and along with the statement, their statement came with demands. And their demands were like bullet points of exactly think, things that can be done, like visual things that can be done within within the law, within government, within, yeah. uh, you know, pol- policy, things that act, can actually be written down and completed. Mm-hmm. And I just think I said the players, I don't think that they, they were so focused on whether they should play or not. That I don't think that they got enough time to really think about action items they could have presented to a league. That's why they took like an extended more uh, extended break. They're actually thinking about these things. I felt like they could have came up with some more tangible things for the league to do for them. But moving on to the first music topic of the afternoon, I want to talk to you guys about da 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 We're going to talk about Big Sean. So Big Sean is getting ready to gear up to release his newest album, Detroit 2, which is, you know, a sequel to his Highly, you know, critically acclaimed mixtape Detroit <clears throat> One. Uh, he dropped the single that a lot of people have been really waiting for, titled "Deep Reverence," featuring Nipsey Hussle. Uh, he also dropped another single called "Dawn Life" by uh, with just him on it. I believe, actually, I think they said this song's going to feature Lil Wayne, but the song when he released it, um, I, I, can't, I hope not either. Ah, I don't be like that. He samples Human Nature. He's spitting pretty well. And he released a visual for it. He said he's going to be releasing more visuals leading up to the album, just like he did for Detroit 1. Guys, let's talk about Deep Reverence first. How do you guys feel about uh, Big Sean's comeback single? Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Can't wait for the album. He finna come through. He finna prove the haters wrong. And the time is now. The time is here. The throne is for the taking. Big Sean has. Court, 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 court. Also, court is a big Sean apologist. No, 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 wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait. I just feel like Big Sean is the most disrespected rapper out here when he don't deserve it. He always comes, he always comes through with good to decent projects, but people always like to hold his feet to the fire because it's not amazing. Then when these other rappers who name, I'm not gonna name, come through with mediocre projects, they treat it like it is amazing, and I don't think it's fair. Now let me now let me ask you this, Corey. You said you love the song. You you heard the song with Nipsey, right? Or you heard the song without Nipsey? Which one did you hear? I heard the one without Nipsey. Okay, that that was Don Life. You didn't hear the one with Nipsey. That makes a little bit more sense. Uh, no, hey, don't do that. Don't no. do that. See, all right, so so so, Corey, I'm be pushing these agendas. Fans. I'm saying, I'm glad that, that that you're on the right side of this issue, Corey, because I feel like it's usually my role in the podcast to be the one guy who apologizes for every other rapper that everyone else is roasting. So I'm glad to have you over here, Corey. Now, Jordan, I will say, I will say, you people went in that group chat, y'all disrespected that song every day, and that song is a perfectly good song slider to great for me let me tell you why so that song gave me all of the content that i wanted from big sean made me so excited for the content going into the album the thing that i love about big sean is that he's always in the perfect not perfect ideal mind state for me as a rapper he's always isolated centered thoughtful all this kind of stuff and that song was filled with chock full of that content sure he did the offbeat flow Take it or leave it, hate it or love it. Some people hate it, a lot of people hated it. But it wasn't as egregious, nearly as egregious as a lot of other people. And Big Sean's worst offbeat flow. I enjoyed it. He never found himself outside of a pocket. He just tried a little too much here, tried a little too less there. But it was still great. The rhymes were good to great for me. There was no, not one, not one forced punchline. Okay, I got one. I got one. I got one. There's probably one. There's probably one. There's probably one. Mama said it only takes one time to fuck up your whole week of Pedia. Let me step back. Let me let me give you the two lines. All the time all the time they put in, they should all the time they put in, they could have wrote an encyclopedia. My mom said it only takes one time to fuck up your whole week. Okay. Weak ass. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. First off, first off, that's not awful. Second off, I yeah, never processed. Bad, yeah. I never processed the Wikipedia. I just thought he said Wikipedia. So I was like, yeah, that's. I was like, damn, that's very true, Big Sean. Double entendre. That's Don't very ask true. Him how yeah. But See, hey, but, man. But when you just said the Wikipedia, I was like, ah, no, I can't defend it. But when you put the encyclopedia, okay, All right, I got you, I got you. But man, I, that was. Oh, I know my rant. I am not. Okay, going with okay, my rant. go ahead, go but ahead. That love. song. 
Big Sean, why consistently like <clears throat> Big Sean is that he never comes back with a song about nothing. He never had yeah. an album with overwhelming songs about nothing. If that's your, way thing, around that's your it. thing, but you're not getting that from Sean. He you're might not. be the most way around the rapper out here. And, and Nipsey, while he didn't have an amazing verse, Nipsey's presence is still so, so, so apparent on the song, I'll say. I'm gonna tell you what, I was birthed in the C section. That was hard. That was hard. That was hard. See, not, not Big Sean would have said it, you would have been like, oh, man, man. I was birthed in the C section. We don't want to hear that. Hey, now, see, okay, let me get, like I said, I really like Don Life. I've enjoyed that song a lot. We're going to get to it in a second. Man, but Deep Reverence. talking about some C section. But he's he not going to do that. But, like, listen to Deep Reverence. I love uh, I love Nipsey's presence, like Jelan said on the record. I love um, the lines he gave. Then we get to Big Sean's part. I enjoyed, I think, what was the first minute and a half of his verse. Because once he starts rapping, there's no hook or anything. He's just rapping from beginning to end. And I didn't like the Wikipedia line, like I said, but I just like listening to like the first minute and a half. I'm like, okay, this is a good verse. I'm enjoying what Big Sean is doing. He just gets, he gets off beat, but not even off beat. It feels like he gets off topic and a bit scatterbrained. It almost feels like a freestyle. It feels like a freestyle. Like it feels like he's kind of like grasping at straws and like, oh, what should I say next? While he's going through the verse, like I said, you can take it, you can chalk it up as bad or good, but it, it, that's what turned me off on Deep Reverence because he's like he's covered, like he's talking about these things, like yeah, he's talking about these things, like one line for each thing, and just like jumping from here, jumping from there. Man, that here, sounded to me like this is what I've been going through the last blank ever amount of time. Here's it all, boom. Delon, do you see this? You see this, Delon? Wop is out here hating. He got hating his heart and he pushing agendas. That's my job. Course ain't like hearing the song. You pushing agendas, but you pushing agendas though. I see, I see it. You pushing on too cold. You pushing on too cold. I'm not. I'm pushing an agenda. I'm gonna tell you what it is. The day Big Sean came out and spoke them facts about Kendrick, Jordan put it in his mind. Then he was gonna stop it. He was gonna stop at no cost Core. to destroy Core. this man and his legacy. Core. And he has done it at each and every single step. I see it. Oh, I didn't speak. Go ahead, Jordan. Go ahead. I'm about to say I didn't. I didn't like Hall of Fame. I didn't really like his first album either. Finally, famous. Another album full singles. How Drake fans feel about Pussy Tees. How Jordan feel about no, Honestly, because he know he a threat. Let, let me tell you another thing, Cord. As soon as that song dropped, Jordan, Merrill, and Grant all went in group chat and said, "Because there was some lines. There was some lines about Kendrick. He said, me and Kendrick has a misunderstanding. And this past maybe want to chop I it just, up.'" And then, and then these niggas, well, in my story, you did. In my story, you did, Jordy. So these <laughs> niggas come in the chat talk about some, ah, some miscommunication with Kendrick. He ducking smoke. And I'm like, well, you know, Big Sean did go on the Joe Budden podcast and gave a very long explanation of exactly yeah. what he gave quotes. And then these fools said, Delon, stop trying to make sense of this. Stop being logical. I'm like, you know, that hey, was hey, y'all got it? That was great. It was you and Grant. Message says, Jordy. No, agendas. Agendas. Like, I'm tired yeah. of it. Jordan ain't nothing but a hater. Hater. No. It's facts. It's facts. No. no. It's people, facts. You, you, you are biased right now, sir. People who are lying, I will expose these frauds. I will post the group chat. Boy, that would be a whole episode in itself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I don't, I, like I said, when I listen to the song. Don't put my email young boy message in there, though. God. <laughs> you got a lot of those. Uh, I, like listening to the song, I was like a little underwhelmed about Sean's part. That's like, uh, you know, he seemed he don't seem as focused here. Like that's probably like my biggest, being pushed. That's probably my biggest gripe with Big Sean. But then I hear Don Life, the Human Nature sample. I'm like, ooh, this is ambitious. But then he spits like he's like he's rapping with a purpose, with force. He went like, crazy. He went crazy. Yeah, yeah, like that energy is what I need the entire album. And I'm hearing Don Life made me a lot more excited for um Detroit too. Like I said, I think Deep Reverence is a solid song. I think. I think Don Life is a very good to great song. Um, and that album cover go crazy. Yes, it is. That's, that's a very cool album cover, by the way. A very cool visual visual for Don Life. Uh, from my recollection, yeah, Big Sean usually get those things right. Visuals, he usually get that kind of stuff right. He get the music right too. Man, we'll, we'll talk about it. Corey, you, when was uh, last time? When was last time this a double or nothing, Corey? Man, wait. 
Tamar just asked me that like an hour ago. I'm tired of y'all. It's been it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. But y'all know I don't be listening to like the top two. I ain't listening to a Kendrick album about a year. Y'all y'all know y'all know what time it is. I'm gonna ask you this, Corey. Did you did you enjoy Double or Nothing? I did enjoy Double or Nothing. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna tell what it was. Y'all was like, oh, this is terrible. This, then the third, and so I didn't listen to it for a while. Then when I finally checked it out, I was like, yo, this good. But then y'all was I, like, nah, man. I'm gonna just nah. See, I'm gonna just post I bars. I feel like. I'm I feel bars. like the TL took his worst lines and put them out on, they like, put them on front, like they put it on front street and then everybody saw those bad lines and just went, I mean, every rapper, every rapper got bad lines, every nah, rapper got bad lines. I'm, I'm going to post them in the group chat later. Because he didn't have, because the thing is, he didn't have them, those kind of bad lines on his album that came before in that same year. But the like, songs weren't bad. Niggas still hated on that album. Niggas still hated on that album. Does Big Sean miss sometimes when it comes to certain punchlines and topics and stuff like that? Absolutely. Yes. But the songs ain't never terrible. Like the songs don't <laughs> never be terrible. Court the I'm propaganda the, was immediate. He dropped that song Deep Reverence and immediately Tay went in the group chat and said, oh, I don't like the song. Too many forced punchlines from the whole song full of forced punchlines. See what I'm talking about? I, I went, I realized the song I was like one. Wikipedia, Wikipedia was the only one that felt forced. I will say that. That's the only one that felt forced yeah, in that I mean, entire song. Yeah, I barely even heard them. I didn't even hear punchlines. I heard like three. I heard that one because I heard the snippet of the song and like it was him without, mm-hmm. you know, I heard the reference tape for that song. So basically I heard that line. I heard, thought to myself, I hope he don't leave this line in. You was hating on the snippet. The hey, snippet ain't even enough oh, content to process. You know what? I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> look, look, man. I'm tired of this conversation. Let's, let's move on to the thing. Cam, do you see this? And Cam, I decided it was a good album. It I'm was. Seeing. The Eminem feature was just so terrible, it made me not want to listen to the album. <laughs> now, now, let me jump on the ledge one more time. 2088 was great. All right. Uh, now, uh, I'm going to say this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let y'all have it. I I'm gonna try to get his core. I eco like it, so, so I never, I never touched, I never touched 2088. I, I, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. That's, that's, that's the kind of music core. No offense to Janae, I eco though. That's yeah. the kind of rap music core hates though. That's what makes it funny. So moving on to the next topic, I want to talk to you guys about draft picks. The 2020 draft picks, as y'all all know, Delon is a Timberwolves fan, and his team got the number one draft pick. He was not here last week to showboat about his pick, but RJM. Instead of t- talking about all the things he's going to do with this pick, we thought it would be a lot more fun to talk about what's the worst possible thing our favorite teams can do with their draft pick going into 2020 or 2021. So, with that being said, DeLon, what's the worst thing that the Timberwolves could do with the number one overall draft pick? <sighs> well, the Timberwolves have two tendencies, right? So, the first thing, <clears throat> they'll be very, very, very unsure about the top picks in the draft. Um, some great talent in there, some people who are revered by everyone else, and then trade down. Like, ah, ah, I don't want to. Mm, uh, so, um, and you know, a lot of people are gunning for that first pick this year. There's a lot of talent up there. Will the Wolves fold? I wouldn't be mad if we went down to two, maybe three, because who's, who's there is going to be there. But, you know, I'd rather them not. The second worst thing, here's what I think they're going to do. Not what I think they're gonna do, but the worst thing they can do: draft an undersized point guard, like usual. Draft a draft an undersized, yeah. unskilled Johnny Flynn, maybe point guard, like usual. Or it was y'all. That was Damn. us. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry. They got Rubio too. Flynn. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was us. Pick right here, right? It was like mm-hmm. eight nine or something like that. Um. But yeah, or um, give the pick to the Celtics. That's another thing I don't want to Okay, 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 okay. What about this? What about this? What if y'all go trade Charlie Hornets, Devontae Graham in the third pick? Would they would they work? Could you live with that? No. Yeah. Can't, okay. Can't. 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 Okay. You can live with yeah, that. Yeah, because you know you're gonna be there. The one, two, three's gonna be there. It's uh, interesting that you bring up the fact that they that they could possibly trade the draft pick because. I've actually been seeing, like, a lot of the tea leagues have read. Anthony Edwards is from Georgia. He went to Georgia. And, Ooh. like, the Hawks Jeez. really the Hawks really want to pair him with Trey Young. Like, I don't, know, I don't know how well it will work in terms of size because, like, they're both kind of undersized. But, I mean, could be a Damon-CJ type situation, both kind of undersized guards. 
But uh, I, I mean, I've definitely seen that the Atlanta and Hawks. They really four five position. I mean, they got they got a pretty good draft pick as well. I can see y'all definitely taking one of their young talented players along with the draft pick and doing it. I don't think y'all are gonna see, do it, but I mean, we have like we have a couple of players in that size and mold of what Atlanta has to offer. Um, right. So at that point, I would rather us just draft or just trade for something entirely different. Really. Also, another worst thing we could do. Uh, trade for Devin Booker if he's still up to these hotel shenanigans. <laughs> hey, hey, we we good, we good. The talent make the talent makes up for it. I'm not going. facts. And also, Cat is Dominican, so so we know he up to these shenanigans too. Just saying. No offense to Dominicans, but y'all 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 be moving. Can't can't remind me in this year's draft there was this one really good player. I think he played for North Carolina. I can't remember who it was. He was pretty highly touted. Oh, Anthony. Cole Anthony. That's like that's a that's a dangerous person. Where how, where do you feel like he's gonna go? They. Oh, man, so I've been looking at I've been looking at mock drafts. They got him going somewhere between like somewhere between seven and the bottom of the lottery. So like somewhere between Detroit. Seven and 14. It's a it's a wide range because he had injury issues and he was also really inconsistent. Yeah, so, that, 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 that seemed like the kind of person that DeLon was saying he hoped to um, Timberwolves Yeah, don't we would have the first pick in the draft where everyone only played 20 games. Wait, yeah. DeLon, another suggestion. What if Atlanta hit you up and say, hey, we give you your pick of John Collins? You say they no? They ain't doing that. They ain't doing that. Nah. Hey, man. I, I heard Atlanta want to get rid of John Collins, though. A younger cat to go with cat? Man, what's wrong with two cats? Mm. Y'all, Cord, you heard my conspiracy theories. I'll give it another Close to the draft, I give you y'all my conspiracy theories. So, Cam, what pick do these Phoenix Suns have? They have the eighth pick, I think. We have we have the tenth pick. You have a tenth pick. Yeah, I have tenth. Okay. Oh, that's right, because y'all were close to the playoffs. What's the worst thing yeah. your team could do with the tenth pick? So, I've been looking at mock draft. I've been looking at uh, you know possible trade partners we could have, and I think the worst thing that we can do is draft one of these European players. That are coming out of this draft. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want us to get mesmerized with the oh, it could be KP, oh, it could be Luca thing. Uh because these guys that I'm seeing, these top, these top European yeah, guys. Yeah, I missed out on KP and Luca. Isn't that exactly what happened with Luca? They said I don't. We not gonna. Yeah, yeah. We don't want our Europeans. They don't. Okay. Trans, they don't translate the league at well. But the but the thing is with these guys that I'm seeing now, they're coming from these lower European leagues, not the not oh, the higher okay, okay. higher yeah, European yeah. leagues. And also even coming from those leagues, they're not like putting up big numbers. So like I would love to see us go after a player like like I said, Cole Anthony, I would love to see us go after a player like him. But if we aren't able to get him, I mean, uh I I would just hate for us to get one of those guys and then he'd be a bust like all yeah. the other Europeans we ever draft. Drag him in there. Okay. So which so you basically can you want a surefire like you want something tangible and you not, even if you got an all star you want a guy that can actually be productive. Well, and the, and the crazy thing is because I wanted I wanted us to draft Luca over Aiden when we had that pick. I wanted us to draft Luca, but this year I'm I'm against it just because like it's you know those they they're really hard to predict the European stuff. You don't want that heartbreak. Prefer, yeah, exactly. I would prefer especially with a, a like we're having so much. We're trending in a positive direction. So for us to draft a player, Safe like we drafted peaks. Mikael Bridges and Cameron Johnson last draft, they worked out. For us to go out and draft a bad pick would be horrible for us right now. It would who just do you, slow down all the momentum we got. Who do you want? So what position should y'all be targeting the Suns? Come uh, on, Jordan. Jordan, you know the answer. Either either the point guard or the power forward. But the thing is, I mean, I don't think we necessarily need a power forward. So I would definitely have us drafting. A younger point guard who can either replace Rubio or learn under Rubio for right now. There we go. Yeah, he definitely had to. He definitely had to learn under Rubio because you you wouldn't want that. You know, make him learn trial by fire, and then the Suns get you know in another ditch like they did this season. I thought y'all gonna move Booker to the one. <laughs> Cause, I thought about that too. As much as I as much as I like Javon Carter and Cameron Payne, I don't know if they are long term fixes. Yeah. No, if they, they, Javon, Javon Carter is just a very good backup point guard. I, I, I couldn't see him starting. Like, I, I had to watch some more of them, though. Uh, the Clippers do not have a draft pick in this draft, so I would just say oh, – oh. I'll say what's the worst possible thing they could do with our last picks, and that is not play uh, Terrence Mann and not play uh, – what's his name? Cabin Gelly. Cabin Gelly next season. Uh, Need it. 
our problem this year is bench defense. Our defense, once our starters sit, is absolutely atrocious. So the worst thing we could do is not play our young, defensive-oriented point guard and then not play our shot-blocking center that we drafted. What's up, DeLon? Wait, um, shot-blocking sure is five. Let me ask you a question, Jordan. What would be the worst thing the Knicks could do with their pick? The worst thing the Knicks could do with their pick. Knicks are eight. That's that's who's eight. That's why I, that's why I had it in my head. Yeah, yes, the worst thing, culture. The worst mm. thing <laughs> the Knicks could do with their pick is draft a power forward. Could they already have like five on the roster? He wouldn't be able. To, he wouldn't be able to get any minute because Dibs is. I don't think Dibs is the type to really play <clears throat> um play a unproven player over vets just for the simple yeah. fact that they are a high lottery talent. I think he would like, you know, stun his growth by making those guys start over and make them earn for that spot, which is cool and all, but it's the Knicks. Y'all need to develop somebody who's special. Somebody. So the worst They're thing the they can do. Undersized guard. So there's not much you can do there, but I say if they at where they are at this stage where, where players won't come to their team, they don't need I don't feel like they need to take a super duper flyer on like a Europe a, a um European player that's like low profile. We don't scouts have only seen him play twice, kind of like what Porzingis was. That worked out immaculate. But yeah. you're at this place now where you need some talent, some actual guys who can play. Don't immediately. That, yeah, immediately, or at least in the near future. Do not waste that pick on a project that could that has very, very um, high chances of not panning out at all. So the worst thing to do is take an experiment that failed, that fails, and then they wasted a whole nother year being in the lottery again. So that's what I would say the worst thing the Knicks could do. Worst thing the Hornets could do is uh, is pass on the ball. I think that's the worst thing they could do. Yeah. Think ball is gonna be there? I Ooh. think so. I'm pretty, the Timberwolves aren't gonna take ball. Uh, I faith. I don't know. I faith. The, the Warriors aren't gonna take know. ball. Yeah, the Warriors not for I sure. Have faith. And I'm gonna say this. I really want a big man to go to Charlotte, so I don't want ball in Charlotte. Just just throwing it out there early. Just I, I don't I ain't wishing I ain't wishing a big man being trapped on the Hornets for anybody. Like I said, big men don't really move the needle like that. It takes a wing player, so he'd just be very good on a very bad team for a mm-hmm. long time before somebody else comes to save him. And nobody's gonna come to Charlotte to save him. So oh, I nah. do not wish that on Wiseman. I need Obi Topin in Charlotte. That's what I need. That's my agenda. I need it. I imagine Cole. Oh, oh Wiseman. Oh, but most likely Obi Topin. This right. Obi Topin. It's, this this draft is is crazier than others. Like this because we don't know. It's like yeah, like we legit don't know. Like not only did they not finish their seat, like not only did we not have an NCAA tournament. Like a lot of teams didn't even finish like the conference tournament, so like we didn't we didn't get to see any we didn't get to see most players in any high stakes basketball. Well, not not I won't say no high stakes, but like really high stakes basketball. We didn't even get to see a lot of players in there. Wait, is Archie Hampton crazy though? You saw it. Is Archie Hampton coming to the draft? Yeah. Oh, okay. I forgot yeah, about him. Draft. I completely forgot about him. Oh, I, I, I mean, yeah, they've got. Hey, that year flew by. A lot of mock drafts got him going as a kind of low to me a lottery pick. Yeah, so like in like the seven to 15, twelve range. Yeah. Okay. All right, I, I'm interested. I need to go look and do some my research on to see what's up with them. All right. Moving on to the next topic, I want to talk to you guys about creative albums, courtesy of the line. Where I want to talk to you guys, what's the albums whose concepts? caught you like really pulled you in it's like man this is a dope album based off of that alone um any suggestions any any, any albums y'all want to rant about spill give a spill about no it's hilarious i came up with this topic had like three albums in my head and just forgot them all um, well, i'll start by I'm about yeah. to, i'll start by saying that i won't i won't mention any kendrick albums because that's, that's just a gimme but I will say some albums that really caught me. Like one of the coolest concepts, I just listened to it for the first time, having no clue who the artist was, was The Waters by Mix Jenkins. I didn't know what to expect going in. Didn't know what to expect to go, you know, come in from his artist. And the whole album revolving around this concept of water and water being like this spiritual thing that you, like you fall in the water, it's a spiritual, spiritual journey that water symbolizes truth. And like you need more water in your life. For you to truly live a happy, successful, and um, redeeming life, 
and just how he he ties how he raps about water almost on every single song and ties every song to the concept of being like dehydrated and um, all that kind thirsty. of thirsty, yeah, thirsty and things of that nature. Tying all those these words that associated with water together and making a dope album about it. One of the cooler, more original concepts uh, I've heard from a modern hip hop album. So definitely the waters. Um, I'll say Big Crit's double disc album where he had the first half of the album and doing like, you know, my speakers banging, um, Southern Fried cooking, hooking up with women, hey, have you seen my car, stuff like that. And then like the second half of the album being more Southern, you know, being tapping more to the Southern roots in terms of like the church. So it's a lot more spiritual, gospel-y. I thought that was a dope concept as well. I love I loved the flip from CD one to CD two. Um, for me, we gotta give shout outs to Logic's first three albums, um, especially with everybody. Um, while that album failed to deliver in the quality, that conversation point of living life through every single person. Um, we had that conversation last night, Jordan and I. Yes, uh, an amazing concept. Um, and I'm not bad. It, you know, it's it's the worst of the of the of the trio, but um, ouch! I'm come on. Um, but one thing that I would like to admit, and this is a deep secret I have, dun, dun, dun. I get what's happening on this album, but I can't hear in the music when I listen to it. The cool, I I can't get it. No, I can't either. No, no. People have always like people have oh. always talked about how like, cool like y'all don't like it or y'all don't understand. No, like like I like it, but like oh, when, okay, when okay. I read this like when I read the Wikipedia page, it's like a twenty paragraph story. Oh, like, did y'all did this come with a book or like? <laughs> I'm saying like I, I don't get that from the like music. Like I love the music, absolutely love it. I, I understand each song individually. I don't see how that translates to the overall story that people associate with the album. Cause a lot of people call the cool one, the best concept albums ever. And then like, I had like Rashad tell me the story of what the album is about. And I'm like, they don't really like listen to the album. I don't hear that story in the album. I don't, I, I don't, I thought it was just me. So I never really talked about it. I said, maybe I'm just, a, maybe I'm just an idiot. Maybe I'm just the one person who just don't see it. But I never saw it with that album. I try to listen to the album like once every like five months to see it. Like, I'm gonna put, come back. I'm gonna put- I'm gonna put my conspiracy hat on. All right, man, you feel me, dude? Daddy came back to life, but what's on the cover? Alchemy symbols. Maybe that's what brought him back. Think about it. Wait, oh, no, wait, wait. Wasn't it a wasn't it a theory a couple of years ago that linked all his albums together? Yes. Remember that? Yes. Like I, I said, think I, of, I know there was the one the, the, the food and liquor in the cool that had the links, yeah. but I know there's a whole. I doubt. I doubt. Like, um, the Great American Rap album is that the name of the album? Yeah, the one that just came out. Yeah, I doubt. Yeah, I I, I doubt it's um a part yeah. of, of that whole nah, thing. This is like twenty seventeen when this theory came out. This was a minute ago. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying I, to see if it. If I'm, I'm thinking albums with a really good concept, you know what? I gotta go with Rory first album. Still one of my favorite. Now, what is mm. Rory? Where is Rory? He put out an album for free on SoundCloud last year, I think, and it was. Yeah, it I was like, he drops. Sound like Diet Jaden Smith. Yeah, I didn't like. Uh, it. I don't do that. I was. Mm-hmm. I know he dropped. I, I know he dropped Furman last year, but I, I need some more. I need some more music. But even like the first album, like the whole album was like, man, what's the problem with people? They don't like other people. People want to distance themselves. People want to hate each other. They want to fight each other. What's the cure to make you a better person? Being around other people. Every single song is touching on the ills of human nature. It will make us all terrible, but the only thing that can help us become better is by working with other people. Still a great album. That's Still a great album. I was well, when Rory came out. That was a good time. Yeah. That was, was a great time. It was. You, you know, uh, Delon, I actually really like the the uh, Logic Everybody album, too. I really mm-hmm. thought that concept with, was it Neil deGrasse Tyson? That was mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really... I really like that, and the fact that he was able to like kind of bring everything that he was talking about in together with that with that monologue, well, dialogue that they had. Yeah, that was dope. I, I like I. I'm gonna be honest, with you, I enjoyed the dialogue more than I enjoyed the album. I ain't gonna look. I ain't gonna yeah. hold you to agenda. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> like I was like I was on the edge of my seat. Like I was really into it when they were listening to them talking. Skip to like, the wow. end. Skip to the last like, minute. Why? I see. I didn't know that was coming. So like after listening to the album, I, I perked up. I'm like, hold on, man. What are these niggas talking about? I'm like. I'm like, whoa, 
like this, this is dope. And then I then maybe re-listen the album right then because I was like, I got to hear this. Like I can piece all this together and everything. But yeah, Corey, you could have mentioned Tetsuo and Youth. I thought that was a very dope concept. Um, it took oh, me big months. Fans, big fans. It took me months to decode that damn album. It took months for people on rap genes to decode it. Like usually, like it, up to that point, every time I listen to an album, like it would probably be like a couple of days and everything be annotated. I came back Tetsuo Youth like two months after this release. <laughs> there were still lines that hadn't been annotated. Nothing. Yet. Like they were, they it was like people gave up on it, but people were like every once in a while I see a new line annotated, but it took a while to like dissect every single line on that album. Um, about to like really piecing together, you know, how it tells a story of an artist. Power loop, eh? The story of an artist who makes a mural, you know, gets signed. He makes a mistake of signing. He ends up hating it. He ends up returning back to the streets, gets shot and dies. And then he flipped the album backwards. It's about an, album, an artist who leaves the streets. Um, learns, you know, learns about the power of his music, chooses not to sign, and then he makes his greatest masterpiece, which was Mural. Dope concept. Love mm -hmm. it. Uh, all right. Moving on to the next topic, I want to talk to you guys about Core's favorite player, Paul George. He uh, was in a pretty, he was in a bit of a rough patch through games through two. Who's wild? Four. was go come. I ain't go hoes. I'm not go hoes. It was two, on the way. Games two through four, I think he shot a blistering 25% from the field, which is the worst mark since Bob Cousy, I think, in like 1964. <laughs> um, for, <laughs> any, for any player to take more than 10 attempts a game in the playoffs, absolutely atrocious. He returned um, against the Mavericks in game five where the Clippers beat the Mavericks by like 40 points. PG chipped in 35 points on, I think, like, Eight for twelve shooting. I might be completely mm. wrong. I'm, I think I'm, I'm. I'm thinking pretty wrong. I think it's like. I think he took a lot more shots than that. I'm not sure, but not a lot. I think he made history. Did he get like the most points in like under a certain amount of minutes, something like that? Yeah, he got the most points in under 24 minutes in a playoff game. Yeah. So he he bounced back hard. But after the um, after the game, they talked to him about asking about how he felt, and then he said, "I'm gonna tell you what. I was in a dark place, being in these, you know, being in Disney." Um, you know, away from my family. This is in the social media. I would go home from my, um, I would finish the game. I'd go to my room, my hotel room, and I'm just, I, that's all I have. Like, there's no, there's nothing to take my mind off of what just happened. I got to, I get on social media and I just Boom. see all these people, you know, talking about me and making fun of me. And it, just, I, it was in my head. I was in a dark place. Court, how, how did you feel seeing PG bounce back from this game and his comments after afterward about his mental health and opening up? I'm gonna say this: I remember watching that second game and every shot he took. All that was going through my mind was he don't believe in that shot. Like he will be wide open, he would take the shot, pump fake, wait till the defender to come, and then take it. And so, and I'm, I yeah, I was like, I was I was on the game, like I was in the chat with the London when, when I was watching the game, and I was like, fam, somebody need to talk to him because it's obvious. He not happy right now. This isn't all because everybody's like, maybe he heard. I was like, no, it's not physically. It, it's in his mind. He feel like he can't do nothing. He been like self curve again, layups over him, calling him a bitch. This then the third. I was like, it, it's mental. And so after that game, I said, fan, like we did the podcast. I said, man, I know for a fact he go get it together because there's no way that a player as good as Paul George will let. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I look at Paul George how I look at Big Sean. They are both extremely talented at what they do, but sometimes I think they let criticism get into their head and it stops them from doing what they're great at. And I feel like with somebody like a Paul George, and I'm, okay, I guess scratch scratch that. That's why I'm glad he with the Clips. That's why I'm glad he on the same with Kawhi Leonard. Somebody that's extremely patient, that's going to talk to him. That's why I'm glad he playing with Doc Rivers, Montrez, Lou Will, Pat Bay. If you got all of these people, they can pull you to the side and say, hey, don't worry about it. We got you. Because if you are, I mean, because if you look at the Thunder, if him or Russ have a bad night, it's a wrap. If you look at the Indiana Pacers, if he has a terrible yeah, night, man. it's a wrap. Now he on the team where you are the number two, sometimes even the number one option. Like, it's time to pause Wilson and take over again completely. But now he's in a situation to where he can play, he can finally be free as a player. And he can focus more on defense. He can focus more on playmaking. He can focus more on shooting. And I'm glad he finally got it back together. And I think we finna see an amazing run from him. I'm gonna tell you what, Corey. I was disgusted by his performance in Game Four. I was flat out appalled. 
I told Mero, I don't think I've ever been more upset watching a star player play in this league as far as I've been a fan. And I sat there and thought about it. I said, I take that back. There's only one other player I've ever seen look that damn bad on the court, and that was DeMar DeRozan. Now, I said this all right after game four. And um, after hearing game and um, PG coming to health, I said, okay, that makes a lot more sense. And it kind of, you know, because, you know, you know, Paul George was dealing with those mental gymnastics as well. He was um, mm. dealing with, he was um, suffering from um, depression and things of that nature when he was with the, with that Temple was, but when he was with the Raptors and he came out about it. And I said, you know what, they actually, I felt really bad about what I said originally. And it mm-hmm. made me realize that, that made me, it reminded me of the fact that these players do go through things. And even, it's evil. And like, yeah, and like there are people, like there are people, and I knew this myself. Like I knew that it was in his head because I watched that game in Game Four, and he was, he like the Dallas Mavericks were daring him to shoot, like they were leaving him open. They double team Kawhi, and he would not shoot it. Like he would just pass it back. To Kawhi. Hesitant. He was scared, and I was thinking to myself, like, and I thought to myself, like, him being timid and scared. But I didn't think to myself that that was him, like, seriously doubting himself. Yeah. And I think it was a. In a midst of when, like him knowing, he know he know how people feel about him. People genuinely hate yeah. Paul George. They they enjoy basking in his, uh, in his own uh, failures. And knowing this, he still comes out and opens up and says, admits to people like, hey, I, you know, I those things y'all said about me, they did hurt. It hurt a lot. Yeah, I did. I saw all of it, and I hate that I saw all of it. And it made me feel bad. I almost didn't get out of it. And, you know, I almost it almost cost us a series, but I'm. I'm glad he had the support net that he had around him and Kawhi and Lou and Doc Rivers talking to him, coaching him through it. Um, it a lot a, of players don't have it. No, a lot of players do not have that. That's Devin Booker. Yeah, shot the book. You don't think the book got a support system, apparently. Um, I'm going to say this. Hey. He do got a support system. But also, I'm going to say that I think <laughs> Brooke has been in a situation where everything has always been on his shoulders from the jump. So he has to be overconfident with everything that he does. Yeah. And that's why he played like he played. Where kids like with PG, he started off on the team where he wasn't the number one option. And then out of nowhere, he just became the number one option. And then all the pressure just went boom, shoulder to shoulder. And he's like, oh, I got to do all this. I'm a superstar now. And I, I think, think that's why it took him so long to get used to it. I think people are really underestimating the effects of living at your workplace for an extended period of time. Also true. And also then people, people, go ahead, Jordan. Let me read this to you on that note, Delon. I'm going to let you get back to it. Jalen Brown, I'm going to read this tweet. Jalen Brown, talking about mental health in the bubble, says he shared an elevator with Mason Plumley, who was giving himself positive affirmations, saying, I want to go to practice. I love basketball. I'm happy to be here. Jesus, because like, because like, we so many times we disrespect um, athletes by telling them they are lucky to do what they're doing. You have like a cushy job. These people's jobs are a to when when they had four months of uncertainty about their job, they were required to keep their body fit. They're required to do that from their home. Um, they have to sit there think about basketball. They're boss their coach owners have constant access to them down the road down the hall from them at all times and people will like say they, they were saying on twitter but you love basketball that's your entire life why is it such an issue in the bubble i like my job i had to work from home i had the ability just like they do to go play my playstation between games play my playstation between meetings all that kind of stuff I was dreading that shit until five o'clock. I was like, it was like, oh, wait, when you are in your workplace 24 seven, there's a weight with it. And people need to understand and respect that, that just because it happens to be basketball for them. That's also basketball, national television, basketball, yeah. keeping yourself in shape, living in the same quarters as the people who you are literally competing against for everything that you want. Every day. Every day and no holes like, like Donald, not not Donald, um, Donovan that's, Mitchell that's a big part. 57 on the Jazz, oh. and then Jamal Murray's like, hey, hey, hey what up, buddy? Just, so like, that's terrible, man. Like you can't escape it. Yeah, like, yeah, you can't, you can't escape, you can't escape it. Uh, I, I think to myself like, Core, could you imagine me and you going to the hospital and just being there for like and three I, months without going home? I'm gonna tell you what was funny. I remember it was storming. It was this week. It was storming, and our boss was like, "Hey, y'all know the hospital? We like, what hospital? But have you ever heard it? If it snow, rain, hail, sleet, snow. If you don't show up, you lose a point." And we was like, "What should we do?" She was like, "Well, if the weather ever gets so bad, y'all just stay here for the night." My mind, was, I was like, "Damn, <laughs> I will lose." 
I'm thinking to myself, I refuse, and this is just for a day. I'm thinking, ain't no way on this earth I'm staying in this place for 24 hours and working for eight of them 24 hours. I can't imagine being, bro, imagine being stuck there for three months? Three months? Yeah, three months. With a bunch of niggas. I ain't gonna lie to you. With a bunch of dudes for three months. Man. Man. Take that, all all the nurses, they ain't there either. It's just. No nurses. It's you and every other male doctor in the building. That's it. Girl, I'm stuck with surgeons, God. The PlayStation. God, no. I'm gonna tell you, you gonna miss that. You gonna miss that artery next time. You gotta give a shot. Pass me the hemostat. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you gonna start making mistakes after like, like after the next month. So yeah, like that's the thing people aren't taking into consideration. They treat these people like they aren't people. And like I said, yeah. uh, I'm, I, I was so disgusted after Paul George lost that I, I finally broke my silence and I'm sick of this man. What the hell wrong with this nigga? And I, you know, I, I, I will say I regret it. I'm gonna try to be a lot more careful about those that kind of thing. Hey, hey, man, man. Also, man. Party, we all watch the game. George said, "No, I'm sick of this shit. I can't watch no more." Yeah. No, God. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm gonna say that we talking about Paul George because his story worked out in the end, success, man. But Danny Green, man, I, I hope you get it today. I hope you get it together because I'm gonna say this: all NBA fans are toxic, but Lakers fans, they got a different level of bullying. And I hope that after seeing what Danny Green said, that they'll they'll ease up on him because every player is not Kobe. Every player doesn't thrive off of hate, and you, you know what I'm saying. Like, it's some yeah. people they love to be hated. And it makes them play. He's all right. I said, don't say that on TL. Yeah. Everybody ain't Kobe. But like, hey, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, what I'm saying is like because Laker fans look at it like, oh, and Kobe had a bad game. We got on this day and the third. Y'all can't do that with every player. Danny Green needs positive affirmation to play good. And I think that when everybody that's around him makes him feel more comfortable, he'll get around it. Also, Danny Green is a great shooter. He ain't like all shooters. You have high streaks, you have cold streaks. And I'm pretty sure he go win them a game and possibly a series with his shooter. So, just, you know, just, just give it time. That's the difference of uh, playing with your best player on the team being Tim Duncan and playing with your that's best facts. player on the team being LeBron James. Those are two different responses to a shit. Well, I'm telling you, Tim Duncan. Okay. Even Kawhi, because he played like that yeah, in Toronto during the playoffs, and nobody really talked about it at all. So much, nobody talked about it so much to the fact that when people picked up um, Danny Green, said, "Wait to the playoffs. Wait to the playoffs. all year long. Wait to the playoffs." Like he didn't just have a terrible playoffs um, yep. on the Raptors. Like that's how that's the big difference between playing with LeBron and anybody else. Your your it's your play gets magnified, and people start noticing. Like, wait, this guy isn't actually that good. You know, stuff like that. Bro, look at that and, man, 80 and, shot, 8 for 24. They was on his neck. And that was just one game. One game. And I'll say this too, like we talk about social media and telling players put down their phones. You're telling players that who don't have none of their family there. They can't they do things. They, they got nothing else to do. You tell them to put their phone down. Just com- like com- isolate themselves even more <laughs> than they already than they already are inside their bedrooms Man. after having a bad game. Like, no. no. You can't go zero dark thirty. No, that's why LeBron didn't do it. LeBron goes zero dark thirty every year. He didn't do it this year. I, I know uh, he did the day. Imagine if you had to spend three months with your coworkers, not just in your workplace. Ah! What are your co core core? Imagine core hates coworkers. No, no. Okay, no. This is the thing. I don't hate my coworkers. They just oh, okay. I'm put this way. My coworkers fight each other, and it annoys me to see them fight each other. Like, like we all had a fight last week. But so I'm looking at it like. If I was stuck with my coworkers for three months, I would have to play Peacemaker every day for three months. Most to the point where everybody Exactly to the point where everybody would just become my offset at that point. Paul George and Pat Bev teaming up on Dame Lillard from down the hall. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay. I got one last Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Cam. What you got? I was about to say and the and the, something that I think would be great after hearing some of these stories is like just like knowing that these guys are stuck in this place for three months, possibly if your team goes far, is that just like take days off for like mental health. Like we've had all these people come out and say Kevin Love and all these people come out and say, oh, yeah, like this stuff really misses you. Taking days off and like just giving everybody time to isolate, like like get a massage, 
get their hoes done or something. They can't something. though because they can't though because every Bring some game is, in some. every game is literally every other day. Like you play Monday, you play Wednesday, That's, you play Friday, you play Sunday. Like the second round is starting Sunday, even though the first round isn't over with. The yeah. Celtics and Raptors will play Sunday, even if even though this even though the first round could potentially go into like Wednesday and Thursday of next yeah. week. That's insane to me. Like these players, are, yeah, like it's no break. The even though even if the Bucks beat the Magic in five, they only get one day break in between before going into the next series. Yes, that's nuts. That's nuts. Y'all yeah, know was crazy. I was watching De'Aaron Fox. He was uh, he was doing an interview yesterday and. He was like one of the first teams to go, and he was like, "I was ready to go home." He was on there for a month, so just imagine being the team that's knowing they going second round, third round NBA finals. If he was, if they were, if the Sacramento Kings were one of the first team to get knocked out, and they was ready to go home, just imagine how everybody else feel. Now, I know how Zach got to feel. That's why that meet. Imagine being a trailblazer. You thinking, bro, we could have went home yesterday, but y'all want to, y'all want to take this game <laughs> off this day and the third. Now we here for another. Three, four days, and we still up. I, I, I'd be upset. No, but the magic. That's what I meant. Game on a private jet, smile at home with my son. Everybody else like, man, I want to see my son. That's why the magic. the magic stayed on that court, wait for the books to come out. It's like, <laughs> please, they ready to go home. Put <laughs> out of misery, <laughs> please. Look, look, let's please. figure this stuff, suggestion stuff from the from the crib. <laughs> <laughs> Can you please beat us and then do it after I, after we leave, please. Oh man! Can we forfeit the game and y'all take the win or something? <laughs> I really, I really hate that because I really like bubble basketball. In my mind, in my ideal world, they do it every playoffs, but they just take a week between rounds and just let these men go home. But that's not going to happen. It's over. All they can just do for the Super, you know, you know, they do like Super Bowl. You just pick one random city every year, make that a bubble, but you let fans come in. You let fans, you know. Yeah, like I like, really like I really like both basketball, like earlier games, like all that shit. But yeah. seven games, one city. Who sees dope? Yeah, I mean, that actually would be dope. Like you just have like playoffs in one city for like months at a time. But it, in, a, in, a, in a post, a, I pick Seattle for the first year. In a post, um, what was the word? Did you say apocalyptic? I'm about to say this. It feel like it. In a post coronavirus world, they should have a neutral. Location or like Seattle, NBA Seattle. arena, like I don't like Seattle, the greatest Seattle. city. Ever. I don't know why they don't have that yet. Because you know, you know, the NBA, the NBA takes pride in like home court advantage. They really believe in that. Yeah. So they, that's what that makes, makes the regular season. That's what makes the regular season so important because you know what you're competing for if you're not competing for um home court. The ability to play the who's the shitty team, the Magic in the first round. Yeah, yeah, that's true, mm-hmm. true, 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 true. But, but, you know, for Aaron Gordon. but uh I got that's I, that's it. That's actually that's all I got. You guys got any other thoughts? Let me close that close it up today. Um uh, quick thoughts. Hey man, Trey Songs, you nasty out here. Don't, don't just go say that. I'm, I'm gonna make it short, quick, simple, straight to the point. You a nasty man. <laughs> you got you having bitty parties. <laughs> Cam, you got any Cam, you got any closing thoughts? Anything cool? I'm a, I'm a kind of. I don't, I don't want to go first. Okay. Um, but I, I was Devin Booker. You a nasty man too. Oh, the Rockets and Thunder are tied two two in their series. Who do you guys think are going to win? Russell Westbrook comes back for Game Five today. They play at five thirty. I, I don't want Russ to come back, but I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I want James Harden to win because I don't want nobody to slander James Harden, but I want this Rockets team to get blown up so James Harden can go somewhere else and win. So I'm, I'm going for Minnesota. Let's, 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 score. Let's, let's, let's root for Houston to win so they can play against the Lakers, and then they lose to us, the Clippers. Who hopefully okay, we got this, okay, okay. Hopefully we got this Mavericks round. Hopefully, you no, know, knock on wood, we got, got this Mavericks round first, and we got to beat the Jazz next round because I'm assuming it's the Jazz that wins the series. Hey man, but, prayers uh, up for Porzingis too. I did not know he was playing on a torn meniscus. That's, yeah, that's kind of wild. That is yeah. yawn nuts. Um, I couldn't imagine. I'm looking. I'm, I'm gonna keep it real with you. I'm looking at the Mavericks a little. I'm looking at the Mavericks a, a little different though. Y'all know. Y'all know that man got some injury concerns. Y'all got who out there hooping? Well, you know, he was hooping. I think this is like how any day, like you've been playing. So think about it. I've been playing basketball every other day, and like you wake up, you hurting a little bit. You don't just think to yourself, "Oh, I've torn something." 
You think like, yeah. oh, I'm, just, I'm aching from the last day. Probably after like playing game one and two and three, he himself like, it might have just been burning every yeah, day man. for like a yeah. week now. Like, somebody come look at this. And that's when he found out something was actually wrong. The Mavericks have a great future. I say risk him now. Luke will just get ready for next year. I'm pushing. I'm pushing that agenda. You see, you, you see this great, you see this great three point shooting team with nothing but shooters, and you think to yourself, Drummond, that's what they. Uh, do. one of the best rebounders ever. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what. Drummond has the most empty rebounds in NBA. Man, history. I'd rather Boy, have agenda. That man, that man's the best. That man's the best rebounder in NBA history, and it don't mean anything at all. You know, you sound like Jordan. You sound like that one nigga that said that man Luca does amazing passes, not like those empty assists like James Harden. That's like, exactly you know, what you sound racism. like. Racism. I'm gonna tell you what, fan. I'm gonna tell you what, fan. I want ten rebounds from Zubac before I get ten rebounds from Drummond. That's all. Racism. Racism. <laughs> he want ten from Zubac. That nigga said, "I don't want you to mess up the great white team of the Dallas Mavericks." Mm. Man, look at him. This boy talking down on his own people for them Europeans, Jordan Cat. Crazy. Court, it's crazy. I know you saw the Balkan boys walking around. Um, <laughs> the the Balkan boys. <laughs> the European Union Axis powers. You know what time it is. Boy, they lost about 200 points a game and give it really, 300. I realize, I, I realize I've never seen Vucevic in normal clothing because I've only. I never. Really, I rarely ever watch Magic games and like and I was like, bro, who the hell is this nigga? <laughs> Like, bro, I this? ain't I, never seen him without a striped jersey on ever in my life. Bro, I didn't know who it was like, you know, like you take the glasses off and everything, you're like, oh, like that's, that was that? you? Yeah, like that. Like it was like that. But I haven't seen that pinstripe on him. I didn't know who he was. I had to sit there bro, and stare at the picture. I ain't never seen him without no stripes on, just saying. Shout, shout out to Vucevic, though. He should have went to Boston. Also, I didn't know that like Duka Doncic and like Don- I didn't know that him and like Zubak were cool like that. Because yeah. like at the beginning of the series, hey. Hey, Doncic was calling Zubak like an underrated defender. I'm like, how he know? Well, how, how he know? <laughs> how I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I'm a little bit worried because all them be pro- like, I even, I even seen like Rick Carter, like, yeah, man, Zubak's a good center. Hey, hey, hey. I don't trust y'all. I don't, I don't like what y'all doing over here. Y'all, y'all trying to get this little European recruitment going on or whatever, but it ain't happening. Now nah, we we locked Zub up this summer. He's gonna be a part four of four years. Yeah, four years. So he turned twenty seven. We're gonna have him through his prime. Well, the beginning of his prime. They will call the rules. Like hey, you want Boban back? <laughs> Big nah. You know Boban been manhandling Trish. If you get All rid right. of Zoo, if you get rid of Zoo, man, Trish play forty minutes a game. Dark Rivers gonna be like, oh word, I ain't even think about that. Salivating. <laughs> 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 but all right, guys, that's all I have. Um, I already asked y'all to close the thought. So thank you all for tuning into the episode of Pop of the Man podcast. If you guys want a t-shirt, make sure you DM us on Twitter at Podcast The Man. We will see you next week on another episode of your favorite podcast. We got a 90 episode of...